Welcome to Amplify, the personal brand business show. Today on the show, Bob is speaking with Austin Armstrong. If I can outsource that task for less than that, uh, that amount that I value my time at, I will do that. For instance, it, it would take me two hours to mow my lawn, but I pay somebody $50 a mow to mow that lawn. Well, now I have two hours back that I can use to create content, work on my business, do podcast interviews like this, do speaking engagements, et cetera, which is a direct ROI for me. So don't be afraid, you know, of that scarcity versus abundance mindset. Hi there, and welcome back to the Personal Brand Business Show. My name is Bob Gentle, and every week I speak to incredible people who share their secrets to building, marketing, and monetizing your expertise and the mindset you need for your business to grow and thrive. If you're new to the show, then while you still have your device in your hand, take a second to subscribe as it's the very best way you can help me reach more people and you won't miss a thing. And if you're watching on YouTube, hi, you're the best. YouTube viewers, literally the best people in the world. Remember to hit subscribe as well and also the thumbs up and the bell. You're awesome. So today I am delighted to be welcoming a guest who's probably so good he should be illegal Austin Armstrong welcome to the show Bob thank you so much for having me I appreciate the opportunity so you know why I'm saying that yeah Austin (laughs) you're all over my TikTok literally Mr. TikTok five websites that feel illegal to know this AI tool is going to change the world and you share the best stuff but for the listener you need to you need to understand awesome doesn't even begin to cover how good a role model austin is when it comes to content but for the person who's meeting you for the first time austin could you maybe just introduce yourself properly rather than my ham-fisted stumbling attempt sure so i am ceo of uh socialty pro and syllabi uh socialty pro is my uh full service digital marketing agency uh, we specialize in short form vertical video uh, web design and seo and syllabi is my newest company it's an ai powered software that streamlines video marketing from ideation to creation to publishing basically everything that my agency does Uh, is completely streamlined for one one hundredth of the cost uh, within syllabi. I've been doing social media uh, marketing basically since the beginning. Uh, I started about 18, 19 years ago on MySpace when I was 14 years old, was fortunate enough to find out my calling in life very early on. I loved MySpace. I got addicted to growing a large following on there and making money on social media And I've more or less been doing it uh, ever since. I went from doing social media on my own to working at various agencies to being head of uh, digital marketing at several drug and alcohol treatment centers and therapy group practices because that's kind of the niche that I I fell in. And then five years ago, I started my first company, Socialty Pro, the agency, and that's the that's the elevator pitch of, of the last 18 years of my life. So I think you're best known for TikTok at the moment. You're, you're the vertical video guy, I think. Vertical video is your jam, but you, you do a bit of regular YouTube as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't say a bit of regular YouTube. You have 
half a million YouTube subscribers. So it's, it's not just a little bit of YouTube. I'm always curious when I'm, as a business leader, and let's face it, this is what you're a business leader. You run an agency. That's one of your businesses. Not all agency owners are hyper visible as you are. And what's interesting with you is you walk the walk. You don't just talk the talk. How intentional has that been or how much of a calling is the visibility aspect to what you do? Yeah, I mean that that's that was my philosophy since the beginning is to practice what I preach. I'm I'm so stubborn about organic content marketing and and social media marketing that if I if I had zero social media presence myself it w- it wouldn't make any sense to me. Nothing against the agency owner out there that acquires all of their leads and business through paid advertising. Paid advertising is obviously a sustainable lead generation lead generation business model, right? But it just didn't ads don't resonate with me. I love creating content. I love building an audience online. I love creating content that resonates with the pain points and emotional triggers of the clients that I'm trying to reach. And, uh, I, 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 hopefully this, this, uh, doesn't insult anybody, but I, I liken it to if you're hiring a personal trainer, are you going to hire the person that's in shape and, and fit and how you want to look, or are you going to hire the overweight, lazy personal trainer that's out of shape themselves? You know, maybe, maybe you might, but that doesn't make sense in my head. So same thing in the agency space, who are you going to hire? The marketing agency that has millions of followers on social media and they use it to get business themselves or the marketing agency that has 50 Facebook followers and no activity on social media. And they just say, trust me, bro. So that, that was my whole philosophy of, of why I uh, wanted to lead the charge. Uh, it also just comes from the early gratification that I got from uh, MySpace. To be honest, if I look back at you know my motivations as, as an individual, I like that recognition. I'm fortunate enough to have uh, a business partner that's a clinical psychologist, and he made me take the, the DISC assessment uh, to learn more about ourself, myself and management style and my motivation style and whatnot. And quite frankly, I like to be recognized and I, I've liked to have been recognized early on in life. I got that fix early on of, of being a little bit of a social media influencer when I was 14. And that's really a, a pivotal moment in, in your life. Your you know, prefrontal cortex is still growing. You're very impressionable. The impactful moments in your life impact you later as you become an adult as well. And so I, just looking back, I think that's very much the reason why I, I did things the way that I did is I I was seeking that self gratification. I wanted that that notoriety. I like to be to be recognized as a success story and pay that forward to the clients that I actually work with as well. So one of the things when I I see your content, I guess you could be accused of shooting from the hip a lot. It's superficially, it looks like you're shooting from the hip, and offset against that, I I see the biggest barrier to content creation for most people is perfectionism. Yeah. And I'm curious to know how intentional your just, it seems almost like a forward charging content strategy is, or how much strategy is there in your content strategy? I guess, because I'm sure there is, you're a smart guy. 
Yeah. So yeah, it's a great question. I uh, Content creation is is my outlet. It's my art, artistic uh, outlet. I love creating content so much so that I've hired people to do most everything else so that I have more time to create content. And so the, my strategy has evolved over the last couple of years. How I really first exploded on or grew on TikTok was talking about SEO and talking about the services that my agency offered and really demystifying SEO and make it really accessible and easy to understand and showing examples, giving my best information away for free and and innovative strategies like incorporating video in your SEO content strategy as, as well to make it not boring. I tried to make SEO sexy, so to speak. So that really worked for a while. And then the whole time I was also sharing useful websites, websites that can help you with your business growth, that can help you optimize your website, uh, that can help you with your business overall, productivity, marketing, just interesting stuff in, in general. And so I had noticed at some point that those videos where I just highlighted useful websites were performing better than deep dive tutorials. And so there's a there's a fine line between content that is broad appealing to reach the masses and then content that's conversion oriented, right? So I think of it as kind of a content funnel. You know, at the broadest level, uh what is the content that can reach the most potential amount of people? And in my case, it was these useful websites for business owners, right? If you're if you're a business owner, you're an entrepreneur, you're going to be interested in these useful websites. That's at its broadest level. And then I bring them in. And then now that they've followed me and engaged with my content, what's that uh, sort of nurturing in the middle of the funnel oriented content? And that's answering specific questions that they come into the comments with or deep diving in answering questions of long tail SEO keywords or questions that people are searching for. Uh, online. And then at the bottom of the funnel, you have straightforward call to action oriented. uh, uh, I'm accepting new clients. If you'd like to schedule a call with me, click the link in my bio oriented stuff. So that funnel of content has always been there really since the beginning. And over the last couple of years, I've really leaned more into that useful website style of content for, for a couple of reasons. One, if I'm being frank, I like the vanity metrics. Uh, the vanity metrics matter. Uh, there is a direct trans- you, you can say what you want, but there is a direct translation of people noticing you more and taking you more seriously because of those vanity metrics. It also helps increase the conversion metrics because more people see more of your nurturing oriented content in the middle of the funnel. Yeah. As your target audience to a large extent, the top of final content works is why we're talking today because I noticed it. I've paused it. I've screenshotted your videos. I've gone to check out the tools. What that means is your middle of the final content is being shown to me because I've engaged with your top of final content. So the system works. It's fairly courageously applied, which is what I like about it. Your top of final content, it's done in a way that I think a lot of people wouldn't have the guts to do. That's what I like about it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun and I, I apply a lot of self-deprecating humor in there as well, which we could get into as a as a growth hack. But you know, the other longer term play of the reason why I've leaned so heavily in that top of funnel content is that I knew I wanted to create a SaaS product at some point. 
a, a software company, which is now Syllabine. And so, you know, I thought the traditional uh, model of raising venture capital to start your to start your idea was backward. That didn't that didn't resonate with me. You know, you have an idea, you pitch it, pitch it, pitch it, get a million no's, and then and then somebody funds you, and then they take that money and you put it into developing the product, and then trying to figure out marketing to get the word out. Right. Well, I wanted to flip that on its head, and so. You know, the theory uh, that I started with two years ago was what if I built an audience around sharing useful websites for business owners so that I build a trusted brand in the space of sharing trusted websites so that when I launch my own website, I have that trust and that large audience that I can point that to and put my name and my brand and everything behind and so that was the longer term strategy that I played. I built the audience and the mark and mastered the marketing before I even built the product. And that really worked. <laughs> so that was the long term play. And that's still the continued strategy as well as building that, uh, building that audience and that personal brand around AI websites and, and SaaS tools because I own an AI website SaaS tool. So let's talk about syllabi specifically because I've been really interested to watch that emerge. First of all, I guess for the listener, maybe just describe the tool a little bit in order that they can understand how this fits into life. Yeah. So as an agency owner, there's a lot of the same struggles that business owners face over and over again. That is the reason why they hire an agency in the first place. They know they need to get content out on social media to reach their target audience. But they don't know what topics to create. They don't know what to say in the videos that will resonate and convert. They need help staying consistent and accountable with their content creation because consistency is the most important thing. They might not like being on camera for any reason. They don't know how to edit. And then maybe they don't even have the budget to hire an agency in the first place or hire an internal staff to do all of these things for you. And so I took all of those problems and our repeatable processes from the agency working with hundreds of businesses. And I think we're pretty close to collectively a billion views across all of our client accounts across social media now. And we turn that into a software and that's what Syllabi is. And so Syllabi streamlines your video marketing on social media based on proven repeatable steps. And so it starts by showing you the questions that your customers are searching for online with data behind it. So you can enter in a service that you offer or a pain point of why they would hire you in the first place. And it'll show you all of the questions that your customers are searching for. And then with a click of a button, you can generate a video script for short form content or for long form YouTube videos, for instance, around that question specifically. And then with another click of a button and, and a little selection, you can choose a human realistic AI avatar that has the mannerisms of a human and, uh, and it looks like a human uh, as a spokesperson for your brand to and generate that video using that script. It will actually read that script for you. And then we have a built-in video editor. So you can actually edit that video, customize the aspect ratio, add B-roll, add images, add your logo, add text on screen, et cetera. We have a content calendar built in so you can schedule content 
out and a consistency tracker. So you can mark that as complete, a little bit of gamification. And we have publishing now as well. So you can directly publish your videos to YouTube, YouTube Shorts, and TikTok. We're rolling out Facebook and Instagram over the next couple of weeks and then the other social media platforms as well. So I really wanted to streamline the entire process of what an agency does and what goes into a successful video marketing campaign and make it as simple and as cheap as we possibly could. So what I love about that is a lot of business owners, they they get stuck for lots of different reasons. They get stuck because of tech. They get stuck because of mindset. They get stuck because they don't feel creative. They get stuck because they don't know how to edit. They get stuck because they don't know what their customer's pain points are. You've oiled every single one of those friction points. I'm curious about the AI avatar because the reason we're speaking is because I know you. Now, let's be honest. There are a lot of business owners with the best will in the world. They're never going to show up on camera. So an AI avatar, it removes that point. But how would syllabi fit in, let's say, if if I, I've got over the camera shyness, I understand, okay, the personal brand is a powerful asset, but I still have all these friction points. Mm-hmm. How might I leverage syllabi in that scenario without the AI avatar, if you see what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So if you don't want to use the AI avatar, you don't have to. So you can use every other piece, for instance. You can use it to find the questions that your customers are searching for. You can use it to generate the video scripts, and then you can record yourself reading that script or customizing that script as well. I digress here for a second, but AI tools, I I never recommend just straight up copying and pasting, right? Use it as a tool to save you a lot of time and be as a a creative outlet. It's never going to be you, right? So customize it a little bit. I think 80-20 is my usual... Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Normally absolutely. I'm recommending 80-20. That's a, it's a great thought. And so, yeah, you can use it that way. You can use it to uh, as a project management tool um, to find the topics, generate the script, you record the video yourself, and then you can use it to edit and, and publish. So you can insert yourself there instead of the avatar. Hi, it's Bob here. If you're listening to the show and thinking, this is way out of reach for me, I get it, but I want you to stop. Working with me one-to-one or in a group on your business is accessible and affordable, no matter what stage your business is at. Just open your email, draft a message to bob at amplifyme.agency or search for at Bob Gentle on any social media platform. Direct message me, tell me your story, and I'll do my very best to help make sure that the next chapter is the best yet. What I love about it is it does remove an awful lot of the objection people have about creating content. I mentioned the 80-20 rule there. It's something that a lot of people think of when they see, for example, I used to demonstrate to clients here, we'll create a, a YouTube script for you in ChatGPT, for example. And superficially, instinctively, they go, oh my God, that's awesome. Then they spend 10 seconds looking at the script and go, well, no, this isn't going to work. And so they just dismiss it. I think if you use that as a foundation, you then fine tune it, you can make it awesome very, very quickly. And I think it does shortcut the creative process a lot. When it comes to the people who are using syllabi, you can see 
who's publishing through syllabi. So you must spend a little bit of time looking at their results. And I'm curious mm -hmm. to know what that looks like. Yeah, we've seen a lot of success in the the real estate and the behavioral health industry. So uh, those are two industries in particular that we've that we've really focused on because I have a lot of uh, connections and background in in both spaces. Uh, so we've seen a lot of uh, of um, adoption uh, in the in that space uh, as well as uh, amazing. Uh, success metrics. We have a, a Facebook group that has a lot of posts and, and some case studies in there as, as, uh, as well, uh, syllabi content creators, if anyone wants to, to jump in there and, and join us. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been a lot of fun for those that are using it consistently. Yeah. Well, th this brings me to my next question. Well, it doesn't really, but this is a question I was going to ask you as somebody who's worked with a lot of different creators, You've seen those that succeed and you've seen those that fail. Mm -hmm. And this is a question that I really like to ask lots of people when they have the data. Instinctively, if you met me and we started talking, you would probably know very quickly why short form video wasn't working for me. And it's probably the same reason for 99% of people you meet. What is the main reason people don't have specifically short form video working for them. They feel, well, I tried it, it didn't work. Or my videos just never seem to go anywhere. Or it's just a lot of work for no return. You probably know why. Yeah. The biggest reason is people quit too early. Consistency, I think, is, and consistent improvement over time are the biggest factors to success, not just in short form content, not just in content creation, but anything that you do in life. You have to learn from your from your failures and and uh, and test different content strategies. Even just in in my instance, and I'll give another example of of one of our clients as well. But um, I created a lot of random content on TikTok at, at first, and it it didn't it didn't work. I was you know new to the platform, and I was trying to jump on trends and do some cat videos and randomly put in some. Uh, useful websites and uh, educational content about the services that we offer. And when, and that didn't work for like months. And so it took an aha moment, light bulb moment, epiphany, uh, and an ultimatum to give myself a timeline of, okay, uh, this isn't working. I'm going to do 30 days straight of only creating content that resonates with my target client's I'm going to talk about the services that we offer, make it highly educational, uh, address the problems. And if I don't see any traction after 30 days, maybe this is not the platform for me. And that that motivation and, and doubling down and going deep on one main goal and one main topic worked. And I started to gain traction on it. And then even later on, even, you know, I, I had success on TikTok over the last four years, but just in the last two years, exponential growth. And it's because I continued to try new content styles and evolve. I wasn't doing that five websites that feel illegal to know or the conversation style of where I'm like sort of talking to, to myself, right? You have to learn the cadence of these platforms. And so there's a, there's a finesse to it as well. You know, spend time in these apps, spend time on YouTube shorts, spend time on uh, on TikTok, just scrolling, look at other creators that are in your industry and look at the different styles of content that are working and try different things. If you're, 
if if you've only tried you know one style of content and it's a talking head video and you think you're providing information but it's not resonating try something else maybe that style is just a little saturated or maybe that style just isn't resonating with your audience try different things it took a couple tries but once i you know figured out that talking to yourself sort of, and if anyone's not familiar with that, that's a very popular style on, uh, on short form content now where it's uh, person a, uh, you in one set of clothes and person B from a different perspective and a different set of clothes. And person a is sort of educating person B and it's sort of a skit type of thing. There was a lot of people doing that. And there was a lot of people just sharing website content, but I was probably the first person to combine those two things and create something new and fresh that was educational, but it was also relatable. And that style of content really exploded. So you have to continue to try and test different things and and not give up. I mean, it took three years of consistent daily, multiple times a day content uh, to get to that point. And I've been creating content on social media for 18 years. I've been creating video content for uh, over 10 years now. And it really only started to build momentum over the last four. And just in the last two, it has exponentially exploded. So you have to be willing to play that long game and and not yeah. think to yourself that, you know, this, I, I tried it for, for 20 days. I put out 20 pieces of content uh, this isn't for me. It's just not going to work. Well, no, you haven't tried hard enough. You haven't been at it long enough. You haven't tried different styles. You haven't stayed consistent. You haven't listened to the audience and deep dived and, and doubled down on, on what's actually working for you. Those are some of the main reasons, I think. And the quick example, because I had promised it and then never said it, was uh, a therapist client of ours, uh, uh, Jim Brion. There's a lot of expertise that he's uh, that he can talk about as a therapist. He can talk about depression and anxiety and the types of therapy that he offers and couples counseling. What we found, though, is that when he talks about narcissism-oriented subject matter, those videos exponentially get more views uh, because everybody seems to think that they have a narcissist in their life. Now, it's a very highly trending, talked about point, right? And so what we noticed of the trends is, okay, whenever we do narcissism-oriented videos, they explode. They do 10x or 100x more views than the other subject matter. The other subject matter is still important to talk about because it's his target audience and his expertise, but we just pivoted the content strategy and now we do about 70% narcissism-oriented content, which acts as his sort of top of funnel, but brings in the most amount of people to raise the bottom line of his other content. And that is a strategy that's really worked. So test different subject matter, test different formats of content, keep trying and stay consistent no matter what. So I have two questions following on from what you've said. I'm going to remember to not ask them both at the same time. So the first one is, you've mentioned different styles of content. So me talking to myself or five websites that feel illegal to know. How does it make you feel? Or how would it make you feel if I started, for example, doing five websites that feel illegal to know, essentially doing copying. Copying is really what I'm talking about here. What's your perspective on copying versus taking very close inspiration? Yeah, I don't think it's a good idea to just straight up word for word copy someone else's video. That's not cool. 
It happens to me just about every day. It's irked me a couple of times and I've called some people out on social for it, like side-by-side comparisons. Like, what are you doing? Which has had negative effects sometimes. So like when you get a following, be careful with great power comes great responsibility. (laughs) Negative things have happened. That was not the intention. I don't want to go deep into that. But don't copy, but model. Take inspiration. Sometimes I, uh, if, if people copy a video that did very well, which promotes syllabi, for instance, which does happen. Like I have one video that's been copied a million times. Like if you stack these three websites together, it's going to destroy the internet or something like that. Right. And like the first website is, is syllabi. And so like, go ahead, you can copy that one word for word. I don't care because that's, that's directly beneficial to me. <laughs> so I don't yeah, care. It's that not much entirely obvious. It's your product when you do the syllabi videos, which is very yeah. smart. But I think like, you know, it's also, it's, and the other thing is like, there's Instagram accounts that have 20, 30,000 followers and they literally download my videos and re-upload them. And so like, that's a little frustrating as, as well. But then again, like it just kind of proves that my content works over and over again. It's a, and if somebody, you know, takes inspiration from my ideas and it helps them out, that's my whole why, you know, social media has changed my life. Uh, and I just want to empower others to test it and try it so that it can change their life dramatically as as well. A really cool recent development, which is interesting, is there's there's a very small handful of useful website creators like myself that have gotten a lot of traction, hundreds of thousands to millions of followers online. And something we all got together recently in a in a WhatsApp group. And so now we're doing brand deals together. We're doing collabs together. And a lot of them said, they, they said, you know, we, we took inspiration from you. We literally started copying your style and then turned it into our own thing. And that's gratifying to me, but now it's a direct benefit because now we're all helping each other out. You know, I, I, I believe in coopetition, not competition. You can cooperate. There's enough, there's enough to go around. But yeah, don't don't straight up copy word for word. You know, it's it's not that difficult to take the same outline and, and subject matter and just like change the opening hook a little bit, add your own unique perspective into it, change the closing uh, call yeah. to action a, a little bit. Like just just tweak it a little bit. <laughs> that's so much better than just word for word. That's kind of sleazy, I think. But yeah, that that's not really what I had imagined. I think it it really is the. The modeling versus copying. It's, it's a very different quality to it. The other question yeah. that I wanted to ask specifically from what you said previously was when you're at the beginning of a short form video journey, you don't know what works. So it doesn't really make sense to invest an awful lot of time in something you don't know is going to work or not. So what would be your rule of thumb when it comes to executing some rapid iteration? Or a more specific question, I guess, is how long should be people be spending on creating this kind of content at the beginning beginning of their journey versus i guess how long do you spend on it now yeah so when we, that's a great question so when we're onboarding a new client we will tend to outline four or five different uh pillars or core content styles or or outlines or subject matter that we can systematically go through and they're different styles so style 1 might be the SEO questions that people are searching for online. All social media platforms are search engines. People just look for information differently. 
The second one might be some trending styles or some trends that you can directly apply to your industry and, and business. Category three might be top performing videos from competitors that we can rework and, and remodel and, and test that out. And category four might be duetting or stitching other people's videos and value stacking. So reacting to opinions and, and adding additional clarity or information. And then we'll go through those, those four categories. So Monday, we'll do a video in category A, Tuesday, category B, Wednesday, category C, et cetera. And you just go through that and do that for a month or two. And you're going to notice trends. You're going to see that videos in category C perform better than the other three categories, for instance. And so double down, you know, test, test, test until something clicks and then go deep in that one thing until it doesn't work anymore. And then test, test, test until something else clicks and then go deep in that thing and continue that cycle. Uh, I'm a big advocate when you're just getting started of going as hard uh, and fast as you can consistently commit to. And then you can slow down because you got to figure out what works for you faster and then you can settle into it, right? So, you know, when we're getting started, like I love to do two to three videos a day if the client's able to, to output that much or that's what, that's what I would do if I was just starting over again from scratch. I would do two to three videos a day across every platform to notice what those, what those trends are, what type of content, what information is working, what format of content, and then go deep in it. And then, you know, just when you have something that works, just, you know, slow it down to, to one a day or several a week, whatever consistency looks like to you until that style of content doesn't work and then test, test, test and innovate and then go deep again. So most people have a business to run already. And if they're going to be creating content, this is time that has to be subtracted from something else. Sure. So what would be your benchmark time that people should allocate to content creation of this style on a daily basis? How much, how much time do you spend on it? Yeah, that's going to vary for everybody. And my, you know, uh, uh, again, what, what works for me is not going to work for other people because I've literally hired and delegated other tasks so that I do have more time to create. So I'll spend, I'll spend probably an hour or two a day right now, uh, ideation and content creation and editing and posting. I actually haven't delegated any of the editing or posting out uh, because again, that's my creative outlet. Like every post you've ever seen on any social media platform in any format is 100% me. I've never outsourced anything. Uh, I've never hired for anything. That is my creative outlet. That does not work for 99% of people. I believe only like a true, like crazy nerdy content creators that just like love it. <laughs> and I recognize that is not the average business owner. If you can dedicate 30 minutes a day, you know, wake up 30 minutes earlier, stay up 30 minutes later, take an extra 30 minutes during lunch, hire an executive assistant or, or a, a virtual assistant overseas for not that much money, you know, skip, like look at your schedule on a weekly basis, maybe start there. And see, you know, on a track the time for every given task that you have and see like if you could outsource that to somebody, uh, does that free you up to do more of what you want to do? 
um, I've taken that kind of, and I'm still scaling that, that delegation has been a, a huge lesson that I'm, I'm learning in, in my life, not just for content creation, but for life as well. Like I have associated of uh, a dollar amount of my time, right? And so if I can outsource that task for less than that, that amount that I value my time at, I will do that. For instance, it, it would take me two hours to mow my lawn, but I pay somebody $50 a mow to mow that lawn. Well, now I have two hours back that I can use to create content, work on my business, do podcast interviews like this, do speaking engagements, et cetera, which is a direct ROI for me. So don't be afraid, you know, of that scarcity versus abundance mindset, you know, sometimes hire, delegate out so that you can focus more time. So go through your calendar on a weekly basis and, and really just look at every task that you're doing. And if there's something that uh, maybe an, even AI tools, right, can save you a bunch of time. Like if you're manually doing productivity yeah. stuff, can you use AI tools for, you know, 30 to 50 bucks a month or whatever to save you hours that now frees up more time to create content? The more time that you spend on this, the better results that you're going to get. And I think as well, most people listening are smart people. They know how to delegate, but they need to have the motivation or the, the incentive to know that the ROI is there. And I think that's what you, the, the, the picture you painted today was really nice in that regard, that people now know what's involved in making it work. Simply dabbling, dipping your toes in might feel good, but it's not a strategy. Playing the long game is the only game that you're going to win, but you described a long game strategy that can work and it can work for pretty much anybody if they make a commitment to it. Yeah. I have, I guess, one last question before we wrap things up and I want to bring things back to syllabi because whenever I hear somebody's built a SaaS product of any kind, we, we very loosely skirted on how you can fund that kind of thing, how you can produce it. But we never actually got into what that looked like for you. What actually went into building syllabi? How did you pull that off? And if anybody's thinking about building their own SaaS product, what, what are five websites that feel illegal to know that they should be looking at? <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I self-funded it from my agency and from the money that social media has made me. <laughs> I tried to, so firstly, I outsourced it to a team in uh, Italy, I believe, from, uh, it's, it's actually a pretty, uh, the, the lead up is a, is a crazy story, but it's, it's, you have to learn from your failures, right? So I, I found a team, I interviewed a bunch of teams and a bunch of individuals on Upwork. And settled on this team from from Italy that seemed to understand the vision and seemed to get it and, and whatnot. And I spent about $15,000 and it took six months at, to get to uh, a decent enough point. And uh, ultimately, it was trash. Uh, ultimately, I wasted $15,000. But I think it was important because I used it as a visual a visualization point to bring on my now CTO, which is a, has been a good friend of me. So it's all about relationship building. If you want to succeed in that, it's all about who you know, right? And so I coincidentally just have had a, a really good friend. He was a groomsman. I've known him for, uh, at my wedding, I've known him for almost 10 years. We've, we've kept in touch it's, it's, and motivate each other. We're both young hustlers. And he's been in, he's a software developer, brilliant engineer, and uh, has been in the AI space at very large uh, Fortune 500 companies 
uh, for the last six years. And he was kind of looking to, to do, you know, he's been an employee, he's started his own companies and stuff, but he's never like gone all in and launched a, a SaaS product and, and like really grown it and, and, you know, built this thing out. And so I pitched him and brought him on as a, ended up bringing him on as an equity partner. And he, he rebuilt what took that team in Italy, 15 grand in six months in 48 hours. He did it over the weekend. He just stayed up for 48 hours straight, little sleep, rebuilt it better, better flow, better functionality. And, uh, and then we started from there. So like, got to get you on board. This is the right, this is the right fit. So yeah, yeah. And that was, that was the initial. And then, you know, we all just kind of, uh, I put in, in more money to, to grow the team and, and whatnot and give us a little, little bit of a nest egg, but we all, you know, more or less put in sweat equity with the, in addition to the funding that, that I put in. And then we started growing the team. Uh, we now have about 20 developers on, on the Celebi team and, and we're growing, uh, really, really quickly. And it's, wow. it's been awesome, but that's kind of the, the origin story there. But I believed in this idea really well. And so, you know, I could have quit after, after a, a 15 grand uh, burn and just kind of losing out on that. I could have. 15 grand. Yeah. 15 grand is not bad. I think I, I've seen people burn a lot more money than that and failed yeah. miserably. Yeah. What I love about that story is it's very accessible. It really comes down to relationships at the end of the day. Yeah. Which. Yeah. Everybody has relationships. Who do you know? Not what do you know? A quick touch point on, on that, because this is something that I've really recognized as well, is that don't let your ego get in the way of asking for help or asking for that connection. It, it is about who you know, but don't think that you can do everything yourself. You move further together than you do by yourself. We is better than I. Yeah. And so just by putting it out there, asking, not being afraid of, of, of getting a no, getting rejected, you will be surprised in every area in life. If you just ask for help, people are willing to help you. Austin, that is a wonderful place to maybe bring things to a close. But before we go, what's one thing you do now that you wish had started five years ago? Well, if I knew what I knew now about video, I probably would be a lot further than I am now. If I applied those, the, the same tactics and, and consistency five years ago that I did now, it, it would, it would be, I, I'd be a lot even more successful than I, than I have been. Um, that's the, that's the first thing that comes to mind, but I'm always a, a work in progress. I, I try to always improve 1% every day. Yeah. I, that's, that, that maybe is a cop-out answer, but, and even maybe more so like, you know, maybe nothing. Maybe I wouldn't change anything because everything <laughs> happened in the in the order that it that it happened to get me to where I am today, and I'm very thankful for where I am today. So maybe I wouldn't change anything. Well, I think that's a wonderful answer. If you wouldn't change anything, but your original answer was also really really good. <laughs> Austin, I have had the best time. I've learned so much. I've made so many notes. You've motivated me. I hope you've motivated people at home. But to the listener that does bring us to the end of another episode thank you for listening and if you did enjoy the show then i would gently strongly urge you to leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts 
and share the show with just one person. And if you did enjoy the show, you will love the personal brand business blueprint. It's everything you need to start, scale, or just fix your expert business. Just click the link in the show notes or visit amplifyme.agency forward slash roadmap. Austin, thank you so much. You have been awesome. For you listening at home, you've also been awesome. See you next time. Thank you, Bob.